This is Anthems. Hi, I'm Eman Zioka and I'm a freelance artist, a DJ, a cinematographer and a photojournalist based in Nairobi, Kenya. I left my formal employment back in 2012 from a local media house to join an exciting and unpredictable world of self-employment. I worked briefly as a photojournalist with the World Bank and I've traveled the world from South Africa to France, South Sudan to share my love for music and film. Right now, I'm in my tiny house in Nairobi, staring outside my window at trees and dark clouds gathering. I'm in the last stages of what I consider to be a really bad flu. But after days of logging onto symptom checker websites and monitoring myself, I've convinced myself that this is not the dreaded COVID-19 virus. However, I'm still in isolation and I'm not taking any chances in case I'm infectious. Your word of the day is reflection. Before corona struck, I and many of my peers were caught up in the day-to-day aspects of life. There was hardly any time to pause. I was hard-pressed to take a weekend off because a weekend is a gold mine for an entertainer. I rarely made time to meet up for that lunch or coffee, and heaven forbid I would fall sick. Not because of the toll it would have on my already overworked body, but because of the thought of the money and opportunities I would be losing while I wasted time recovering. There was never enough time for anything. We were all so busy in this mad dash to prove ourselves to ourselves, to our families, to secure the bag, to be successful with no concrete description of what that success was. I had little space in my mind for my emotional self and made no time to reflect on a bigger picture. In the blink of an eye, everything changed. In a few short weeks, international air travel would be completely grounded and the lockdown of our borders in full effect. Streets were soon deserted following stay-at-home orders and for those who needed to go out, there were body temperature screenings at all malls and offices and sanitizers and gloves offered to those who went shopping. It was also required by law to wear a mask at all times when outdoors. Being in the entertainment industry, I found myself among other creatives suddenly completely out of work owing to cancellations of many shows and a ban on public gatherings. My long-distance partner, who is also in the entertainment industry, had all his work and sources of income halted and barely made it back to his country before flights were grounded and borders were closed. With all that said, I'm one of the few Kenyans who are blessed to have the support of my family to fall back on in these uncertain times. I also have a strong network of loving friends and the luxury of communicating with them on various online platforms. It's not been an easy road to be so hopeful about the situation though. I had periods of anxiety from all the uncertainty and worry, feelings of helplessness from reading unpleasant news headline after headline, paranoia from every little cough or sneeze, and fear of catching corona, especially because I have asthma and colitis, and feeling that I had failed because I need assistance to pay rent so as to keep my tiny little house. My mind was racing with fury and dissatisfaction at the way my country was handling things, 
and I was filled with sadness for the people in the lower income areas who are still suffering. My initial worries were that these people were definitely going to be the first to catch corona. They were still moving around because they had few choices. Staying home and not working meant starvation. Many could not afford the masks or clean water to wash their hands, let alone expensive sanitizers. I realized that this disease was the least of their problems. Not a COVID ninja, lamented a lady interviewed by human rights activist Boniface Mwangi as she rummaged through garbage in a dumpster for food and plastics to resell. What she said was, it's not COVID that will kill us, but hunger. Ironically, few weeks into the curfew implementation, more Kenyans had died at the hands of police from beatings and stray bullets than from the actual disease, COVID-19. The measures implemented and meant to curb the spread of the disease have made life unbearable for people. Many of those working in our informal sector have absolutely no savings because they work from hand to mouth, earning barely enough to feed themselves, house their families, pay for electricity, buy water, and transport themselves to and from their places of work. A lot have faced evictions in this time for failure to pay rent. Many are homeless following senseless demolitions of their homes. The introduction of the 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. curfew meant that most people would earn even less than the little they would usually earn in a day. The closing of schools to prevent overcrowded spaces meant that these people were now stuck with their children all day in very harsh living conditions. Education has come to a complete standstill for these children who will later be expected to continue with the regular school calendar once schools are reopened. Cases of domestic violence and child abuse are on the rise. To top it all off, there are cases of police brutality from police who flog people that break curfew, put those with no masks into overcrowded cells and quarantine centers, and demand insane amounts of money in the form of bribes. Corruption is the norm and so is lack of accountability with many of our leaders. There's a locust plague in the northern regions, flood in many counties in the west, food shortages. I could go on. It all sounds like a reading from a chapter in the book of Revelations. Sadly, this is our reality and it's very frustrating. The pandemic crisis, however, has come with two unexpected positive things that those living in developing countries may relate to. First, this pandemic has put a spotlight on a lot of what has been going wrong for many years. The shit has risen to the top and it stinks more than ever. Why are these issues suddenly so unacceptable if they have always been there, you may ask. One may argue that it is because now it doesn't only affect the poorest people in the society. It affects all of us. If the disease gets any worse in Kenya, the rich, middle class and poor will at some point feel the brunt of a neglected healthcare system. There will be no option of flying out to India or to Europe for better quality healthcare. Another positive thing that COVID-19 has brought us is it has forced many people in the middle working class to slow down their very fast lives and feel and observe what is going on around them. It has forced many of us to simply just rest. 
Many have been able to spend time with their families and a lot of self-work is underway. This, however, doesn't mean that their obligations have come to a halt. Many people still have to pay their rent, pay for food, for school fees, salaries, where some governments abroad are able to send money directly to their people to cushion them financially, others is barely able to afford this. This is why collectively, the time to think of a better tomorrow is even more crucial. It is with this time that I invite you to set aside a few minutes to reflect. Systems that have failed the people over and over again are now ironically the very same systems being looked upon to save those people from this deadly disease. Billions will go missing in the health sector because of corrupt individuals, and yet we still expect the same individuals to handle huge sums of loans towards the fight against this virus with integrity. The roads and public transportation services have been allowed to operate lawlessly and have been run by numerous cartels, and yet they are tasked with safely transporting thousands of Kenyans to their homes before curfew while operating at half capacity. Whatever the case, it has always been the people who live below the poverty line that have borne the brunt of the failures of society. I invite you to shift your focus from being shocked at how bad things are and look more to what we as able-bodied citizens can do to take care of the situation once and for all. I invite you to take a few minutes of your day to reflect and think of your house helps, your garbage collectors, security askaris, boda boda riders, salonists, mamambogas, etc. Think of their lives as you would your own. What is your security guard's name? He's not just the road askari. He's a man who probably has to work a 6 a.m. shift as a Kaziam Jengo worker, and since that would pay the bills, take on a second job to secure your entire compound and family and belongings with a rungu. These people are an extension of yourself. They are a reflection of you. They deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. We are all equally deserving of a good life. I invite you to reflect not only on these lives, but on the one who has been neglected the most, and that is yourself. Slowing down and taking time to think about your life is extremely helpful in creating a better sense of who you are. Once you understand important aspects of the self, you become better able to adapt to the changing situations and to tough circumstances. It is for this reason perhaps that systems that govern don't allow you time to pause and reflect. Oh no. You must work until you drop dead and thereafter your children will take your place. Reflect on your true feelings towards yourself. Your worldview will change when you find true appreciation for yourself. An emotionally aware population that is grounded in their sense of self, that is educated, at peace within themselves, satisfied with the little that they have, one that looks out for the members of its community and together is able to come up with solutions and to adapt to change, is a population that is of no use to a system that seeks to gain from the population's insecurities and the continuous mindless labor that is needed to drive its capitalistic ideals. Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, once said in an interview that a question opens the mind and a statement closes the mind. 
Although I don't agree with most of his ideals which revolve around a capitalistic way of earning your success in life, I agree with this particular statement. Instead of saying, I am unhappy, ask, why am I unhappy? And if indeed you are happy, find out why and give yourself even more things to appreciate. I am able to adapt to tough situations. Why am I able to adapt to these situations? Instead of agreeing with the fact that the current state of our country is a deplorable one, ask, why is the state of our country the way it is? And what can I do about it? I invite everyone to reflect on what part of society they feel they occupy. What contribution do you want to make? And who will you team up with to make this contribution? What do you deserve from the people you put in power to serve you? I applaud all the private organizations, the large corporations and individuals who have stepped in and offered services and single-handedly fed thousands of Kenyans. I'm also grateful for the nurses, the doctors, teachers, civil servants, food distributors, police who are honorable, and everyone whose work involves risking their lives for their people. A lot of people are bored and frustrated by social distancing measures curfew measures, and city lockdowns that restrict movement. They are yearning for life to return to normal. In my own reflection, I see that there was very little that was normal about the way we have been living. We need to create a new and more balanced normal to return to. Reflection, definition, serious thought or consideration.